This is episode 93 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, and today I have got the queen of Facebook to bring to you. I am so excited. For those of you who do not know Mari Smith, you are going to be a follower of hers, just as I am. This woman is absolutely incredible. She is often referred to as the queen of Facebook. She is Facebook's premier marketing expert and one of the most influential and knowledgeable people in the world on Facebook. Facebook actually headhunted her. Headhunted her. I mean, you guys, this is how amazing she is. And Mari has gone on tour with the company to teach business owners across the United States how to grow their business using Facebook. Forbes recently described Mari as the premier Facebook expert. Even Facebook asks her for help. Mari is an in-demand speaker, travels the world to keynote at major events. In fact, I just saw her at Social Media Marketing World, and she also serves as a brand ambassador for many companies. She's such a wealth of information. Your, your, your Facebook lives are just always so full of value. She has over 1.7 million followers on Facebook, you guys. That's a lot. And she's the author of The New Relationship Marketing and co-author of Facebook Marketing an Hour a Day. Wow, Mari. I mean, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here today. My pleasure, Bella. And it's uh, it's lovely to be here. And I'm so glad that we had the pleasure of meeting in person real recently. Yes, it was amazing. Mari, what strikes me about you is like you're like the people's person. There's a lot of people that have achieved such a high pinnacle of their career like you have, and they're untouchable. And you are just so accessible and so down to earth and friendly. And I just really admire that about you. And, and I really look up to that. So thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Before we we get into Facebook and stuff, the fact that you have established your expertise in Facebook, and I want you to tell me and dial it back a little bit to when you first heard about Facebook and how you became this queen of Facebook, because I think that our listeners, like dog walkers and pet sitters, we're all striving to become an expert in our own field, right? And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you've learned a lot along the way there. So could you share with us your experience to expert? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I emigrated from Scotland to San Diego, California in 1999. And my story is I basically came with 50 British pounds in my pocket, which is about $100, two suitcases. And I knew like one person, the person that invited me to come here. And I just was so determined to find a new life. I knew, I knew just beyond a shadow of a doubt, this was a defining moment when I got the invitation to come to the States. I was actually born in Canada, but then I spent 20 years in Scotland where my parents are from. And I had not been an entrepreneur up to that point, but I had really wanted to. I'd always wanted to run my own business. And for the longest time, I was preparing, getting ready, and getting all the foundational pieces in place. And that's when the invitation came through. So fast forward from 99 to 2007, I was doing information marketing, e-commerce consulting, really running my own internet business, doing teaching, coaching, consulting, webinars, one of the first people to do like teleseminars and webinars, and, and also did a lot of public speaking as well, and just really grew my business. And then Facebook fell in my lap in 07. Uh, it was a Star Wars day, May the 4th of 2007. Oh my goodness. <laughs> May the force be with you. Right. Uh, 
Um, but it was a magical moment. Again, it was one of those really memorable moments in life where I was like, okay, I'm going to go and check this thing out. Everybody keeps telling me about it. I'd been invited to be on a beta test team of an app. And I'm like, well, I guess I better have a Facebook account. And I go to facebook.com. And up to that point, you know, I'd been like LinkedIn. Oh, there was all kinds of other predecessors, Friendster, Academy, Rise, or all kinds of things that don't even exist in today's age. And there's also, you know, MySpace which I never really used or liked, but there was like, I could literally, all the angels were singing. I was like, oh my goodness, there's something truly magical. But this Facebook, because it's got, you know, uniformity, I love the shade of blue. I loved it. Everything was in the same place, anybody's profile. And more to the point, I found that I could be doing interviews and reaching out and having relationships and friendships with people whom I'd long admired, speakers and authors and people whose, you know, newsletters I was on or whose books I had read and and I I looked up to in in the marketing world and in the personal and business development world. And so I was like, this is awesome. This is magic. Everybody I met was like, are you on Facebook? Are you on Facebook? Let me show you how. Let me show you how. It offers like a 3D dimension to someone if they allow it, right? Like you probably were following these people on their website, their email newsletter list, like you were saying. But once you got to be friends with them on Facebook, you kind of saw a little bit of that behind the scenes and intimacy of their life. Exactly. A lot more to the degree that people were comfortable sharing, you know, and back 11 years ago, I think probably by by about 2008 or nine, you know, people were quite comfortable sharing a lot of detail on Facebook. But I always recommend on that note, by the way, I always recommend you've got to have a private life. Don't put everything on Facebook. You know, they definitely keep these big files on us of every move we make. So (laughs) just be comfortable that it's out there. (laughs) (laughs) So you started with this Facebook and you were really attracted to it. So take us from then until now, like, how did you become the queen of Facebook? Like, how did you establish that expert and authority over it? Because I think that's a really valuable lesson that a lot of our listeners could, you know, draw from. Yeah, exactly. Well, they say, now who is it? Is it Malcolm Gladwell says that really, um, or it's just kind of a known fact in the mastery world, in order to become a master, become an expert, you need to put 10,000 hours in. Yes. And 10,000 hours of study, of experience, of in the trenches, mastering the skill. And that's really what I've done over the last, you know, 11 years. But previous to that, see, I joke about being an overnight success 10 years in the making. (laughs) And it was really like 2009 was a very pivotal year for me after I'd really been, you know, immersed in the world of Facebook for two years. And then my career just really, really took off. But the specifics, the takeaways are that I was just unwavering in my focus. Yes. And I like to use the word focus as an acronym for follow one course until successful. Ooh, that's and good. Yeah. <laughs> and, Say that one more time. Follow one course until successful spells okay. focus. And so every year I would pick a one word theme, a one word theme that would govern the focus of or the direction of my year on a personal and professional basis. And in 2007, it was focus. And I've had a variety of words from, you know, team, commitment, leverage, all kinds of great words like that. And that really have helped me to just stay on track. But the thing is, I mean, I just still feel like there's never been anything like Facebook. And I know that, you know, they take a lot of 
flack about their standards, their privacy, their issues. They're not very customer friendly. It's hard to get a hold of somebody for a you know a social company. But if, as business owners, we look and see, well, how can I utilize this platform to help me to further my business? It's all there for you. And I just that passion, that enthusiasm has never wavered since 2007. And so that's been a big part of it too, Bella. Another aspect too, is even when there's a lot of kind of chaos or confusion or even fear mongering when Facebook's changing their algorithms or they've had a lot of negative PR around privacy, I like to be the voice of reason and the voice yes. of calm. I'm never going to pile on and go, you know, this is wrong and that's wrong. I have this way of being able to calm people down and have them see the still there don't throw the baby with the, out with the bathwater as that saying goes yes you, you can be mad at facebook temporarily but keep the, your eye on the prize you can yes. utilize this platform to grow your business yes and yes stand up for what you feel is fair and that you believe in and yes check your own settings and whatnot but i just like to be an advocate for both facebook and for the business owner. And, and I work with a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs, professionals, direct sales, right on up to Fortune 500, even Fortune 100 companies I work with and do trainings and consulting and briefings. I love what you're saying because overall, it's a universal thought process of a mindset, right? Yes. You could do that fear mongering. And I'm thinking about like our listeners, like there's pet food recalls, there's puppy mills, there's there are these things that you could get really upset and pile on about it. Or you could make yourself an expert and like you said, kind of like calm everyone down in the way of this is what we can do to change it or this yeah. is what we could do to work around it. And that's such an important lesson. I want to transition into hearing about, I know you have a lot of great information on how to actually create meaningful relationships on Facebook. And that, you know, parlays really good with what we were just talking about. You know, if you were fear mongering or piling on Facebook, I'm sure they would not have been headhunting you asking to help be a brand ambassador, right? So um, tell me a little bit more about how you and others can create meaningful relationships on Facebook, or if it's even better, the mistakes that people make that don't create those yeah. meaningful relationships, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean. So I've written a couple of books on Facebook, and then I just realized that it's almost impossible <laughs> to write books on Facebook because it changes so much. But I like to write a book with uh, Evergreen. And so this is a, holding this book up here, if you can see it, the, the New Relationship Marketing. I've got it all marked up and stickers on it. But this one came out several years back now. I'm actually working on a new book for this year. But this one's called The New Relationship Marketing. And the new part of it here, Bella, is that like relationship marketing has been around since like about the 70s or the 80s. Yes. Uh, the new part is the digital is, is online. How do you create that no like and trust factor and the what I call virtual rapport? And you do it by being mindful, by having proper social etiquette, by treating people with respect, even when you don't agree with them, by not doing that piling on as we're talking about, by being super mindful. Like you literally have a filter that before you ever hit that update, post, send, publish button, you're going to ask yourself, would I be comfortable with this one I'm about to share or post, even in a private message, appearing on the front page of a New York Times or a major newspaper, print or online? Would I be okay? The second, there's three questions. The second question is, would I be okay with this found in a Google search in years to come? Because all this stuff's archived. You're leaving a digital footprint wherever you go. And the third one is the mom test, right? Would I be proud for my own mom? <laughs> the or mom test. I be, love that. Right? The mom test. Would be proud for my own mom to see this. 
And that often, another aspect you can say is, what is my deepest intent? What is my deepest intent? If you can ask that and it can trigger, oh, wait a minute, I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to show the world, you know, hey, look, I'm better than, whoa, we don't want to, we want to quiet our ego and be of service and elevate all boats rising and honor that there's different opinions out there. So, for example, you know, I see you're talking about mistakes. Yeah. And I've seen a few, actually two are popping to mind right away, one on Twitter, one on Facebook, where people go on about this concept of expert. What makes someone an expert? There's a saying, there's a beautiful saying out there, it's something like you don't lift yourself up by dragging others down. Yeah. And so when I see people doing this where they're like, how come that person can call themselves an expert, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like being mean. And I'm like, you're making yourself look bad by mm-hmm. doing that. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes people tag me in the comments and they want to draw me in and and, and have me weigh in. And, and I struggle with that, to be honest with you, Bella, because I'm like, what can I say that will like diffuse this tension? And then so sometimes I, I just let people do their own thing and not regard. So the mistakes is like not thinking that you're, you're leaving this digital ink wherever you go uh-huh. and things can be screenshotted. Even if you say, oh, it's a super private group. Absolutely, yeah, Mari. Absolutely. It's in digital ink. And so just always keeping that in mind, having a standard of your own and just really always living up to that standard and always thinking, how can you be the light? How can you be the positive voice? How can you be realistic and honoring? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of things in the world that uh, people are very upset about. But uh, anyway, back to the, the specific about the relationships. Uh, the reason I was referring to my book in particular is uh, I have a chapter in there that's about the new business skills that everybody needs. And those business skills, you know, there's hard skills, like hard skills are actual, you know, technical or things that you, you know, have mastered, but soft skills are the emotional ones. So it's like good listening skills, empathy, compassion, understanding, the ability to read a Facebook post or a comment, or to just observe someone's profile and kind of read between the lines and sense, like, is there something really going on here? And always recognizing people put whitewashed versions of themselves on. I do the same thing. I don't put absolutely everything on. I'm very careful what I put on, you know? And so we have to recognize that when you're watching someone, you know, and just a kind word, a kind word can make someone's day. Right. You know, and just to never burn bridges unless you absolutely have to. Sometimes you just have to let people go from your world, but just always looking to nurture those relationships and showing people that you're thinking of them and that you care about them. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after these words. Are you concerned that accepting credit cards for your pet sitting business is too complicated or too expensive? Well, if you answered yes, I have good news. It's probably because you've not heard of Leaders Merchant Services. Trust me, Leaders Merchant Services makes accepting credit cards super easy and affordable for my business. They work with all kinds of businesses throughout the United States, and they have developed a special rate plan just for pet sitters like us. I know Leaders Merchant Services can help your business. I've even got a dedicated representative to speak to, and he's always happy to share valuable information. Working with Leaders Merchant Services is like having a friend or family member in the credit card processing business. If you want to know more or see how much they can save your business a month, go to jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash credit card. So I can personally connect you with my specialist. And we're back. (laughs) We talked about this in the Facebook 
business briefing. We talked about groups and I'd love for you to weigh in. And for those that weren't there to soak up all that awesomeness, tell me a little bit about how you feel like a small service-based business like the pet sitters and dog walkers Mm -hmm. could really benefit from setting up local Facebook groups and, you know, being the leader and attracting that. Maybe it's dog moms of Scottsdale, you know, Can you talk to me about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Groups. There's great power in groups. And Facebook for the last year have been putting a massive emphasis on groups. And they're hiring more staff around groups. They're dedicating uh, more resources. They had two major events. This is, I haven't seen Facebook do this before in their whole history. But last summer in Chicago, they held a community summit, they called them. It was 300 Facebook group admins, invite only. Mark Zuckerberg was there. They launched a whole bunch of new features like uh, the leaderboard and admin controls and the questions. I love units. Units Units are awesome. That's so nice. I teach a lot of courses using Facebook groups and the units are just a perfect fit for that. And then they just held another community summit in February in London. Mm-hmm. Similar saying, hundreds of invite only group admins. So I really see that Facebook has recognized there's a couple of things here. First of all, when there's some struggles uh, with their PR, you know, whether it be the algorithm changes or the privacy, then what happens is sentiment starts to drop. Sentiment that people don't feel as good about using Facebook. They've also done all these studies, all kinds of psychological studies that prove that when you're engaging and interacting with people that matter to you, could be a fellow group member, obviously a friend or family member, that your well-being is enhanced. Mm-hmm. So groups are super powerful for that. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of uh, your audience and standing out being, you know, dog moms of Scottsdale, it's a wonderful way to take a leadership position and looking to see how you can add value and become top of mind, your top of mind awareness. So when someone does need a dog sitting or dog grooming or whatever it might be that your expertise is, that they're going to think of you because you've become this leader and using like stories, for example, you think, oh, my God, that's going to take even more time. Stories are like 15 seconds or they're just, you know, a cute picture of your dog that you took in the last 24 hours. It's on your camera roll. You pop it up with a cute little comment and you post it maybe to your profile story, your page story and your group story. Yes. Don't be worrying about that. If you put it to three, four, five different places that, you know, Facebook's going to bombard all your friends and followers, that the algorithms are going to kind of parse it out and you have more chance of people seeing, reminding people. That you're there because it is, it's about that top of mind, that visibility, and like you say, that leadership position to say that when people are in need of what you offer, they think of you. Talk to me more about stories. You brought up a really great point. And I love stories because for me personally, I do my stories on Instagram and then they go over to Facebook just because don't have a ton of time. And um, in my groups, I've been encouraging the groups to even jump on stories just to practice getting used yeah. to doing the stories. I really like what you talked about, like that repurposing of the content, because it doesn't have to take a lot of time if you have a good strategy. So tell me why stories are so effective. And I'm curious personally. I'm sorry, I keep loading these questions on top of you here. Answer me this one. I'm curious, what do you think the future of stories are? Do you think that they're going to become more and more popular because people can just kind of control it? They can click through and see people's lives that they want to see without scrolling through a news feed? What do you think stories futures are? Well, let's split it into Instagram and Facebook. So because Instagram stories was developed really as a means to basically take users from Snapchat. It was a direct (laughs) copy of Snapchat. Right. And 
masses of users on Snapchat who weren't that like crazy about Snapchat. They were just kind of like using it and, you know, developing a whole other audience. There's some people that just love it and do really well with it. I just could never really get into it. Tried it a few times, many times, in fact, over the years. I just couldn't quite get into Snapchat. Right. So then Instagram came out with this feature and I thought it was brilliant. And they have something like 300 million daily active users on that stories function. And they really, you know, people just went in droves to use stories on Instagram. Now, the beautiful thing, a couple of really hot tips is that you want to convert your personal Instagram to a business Instagram. Yes. And then and best you can, you want to get to the first 10,000 followers. I know it seems like a lot. You can do some paid placement beyond the scope of our interview here today, but basically doing some paid placement to get you know, more Instagram followers and be very active and use your hashtags. Then you get that beautiful swipe up on your story so that now you can drive traffic to your website. It's very early days yet. And you can even create ads that will get placed into stories. So you create them in that format. As you know, I'm ambassador for Wave, wave wave.video. I love it. Actually, I signed up for Wave because of you and your tutorials. And I'm bringing it to my, I have a program called Better Marketing with Bella. And we're using that specifically because of you. So shout out to Wave and shout out to your awesome training. And I use your coupon code and everything. We'll put that in the show notes if you still have it available. Yeah. But Wave is great. Yeah. So the story format, because people think, well, how do I make an ad with the story (laughs) format, right? Nine by 16. Yeah, nine by 16. Portrait phone format. Mm -hmm. But it's all there for you is like millions of assets or obviously your own assets, your your own pictures and videos. So then, and and again, I love this because if you're an early adopter, this is on the very very beginning hardly anybody is doing ads and stories and so there's a potential for a lot of adoption in that area and then like we were seeing like on the repurposing so they took the gif the giphy they had a bit of a falling out with giphy but i loved when they you could put the animated gifs on top is of that your why videos. i can't see them anymore they disappeared them what it was is this is a couple of weeks ago <laughs> i thought it was I, my phone gonna- mari <laughs> Hopefully they're going to kiss and make up, but Giphy, somebody found an extremely awful, heinous, racist Giphy or something like that in there. And so both Instagram and Snapchat actually pulled their connection to Giphy altogether. Wow. So, yeah. I just thought mine wasn't loading on my phone. I'm so glad you told me that. Because I was trying to get it to work a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, something's wrong. I Googled it and like, sure enough, I just had missed that piece of news. But yeah, so they got really upset about it. So that was pretty serious, both Snapchat and Instagram. I hope they bring it back. But my point is like, let's say, because everybody takes photos all the time. Photos are the easiest thing, right? Yeah. But the coolest thing is you could load up a photo to your Instagram story, add a few little animated GIFs, cute little butterflies or birds or whatever, animated anything, sparkles, and now you have a video. And that could be turned into a stories ad. That can also be repurposed and posted onto Facebook, into your group. You can post it as a portrait video on your wall Uh of your profile and or your page. If you post it on your page, you can turn it into an ad. And now it's like a full screen ad. So there's a lot of cool things you can do with stories. I don't know about Facebook in terms of will it continue to get massive user adoption? We'll see. It's yeah. It just hasn't caught on as well, but Facebook's determined. They've just keep pushing it and pushing it everywhere. I have noticed, at least in my circle, more people are adopting the Facebook stories. I'm not sure if it's originated from Facebook stories or from Instagram stories, but my Instagram stories are like exploding. Tell me, what's your advice for the person that's sitting there staring at their phone saying, 
But what do I even put on there? How do I build that community? What do I say? Do you have some tips for that? I think you talked about reusing content and a lot of people already have blogs. You know, I feel like just get your most popular blog and start talking about it. (laughs) Yeah. Or people are afraid to be on camera. What do you say to those kind Mm -hmm. of people that are just drawing a blank or not sure what to do? Yeah. Well, there's two things. There's really you as a content creator, so you're creating original content. And if you're not comfortable on camera, there's always plenty of other things to photograph. And especially in your world with the dogs, you know, yeah. and it's so, you know, or you can go and you could create a video like we were just talking about Wave. There's got millions of royalty free dog pictures. You can create the cutest little dog memes, images, pictures, videos, whatever. But then it always has to have a purpose. Don't just think about just creating content to just throw out there, right? So it's like you've got this strategic intent. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're doing a meme or something, you know, a picture or a video and you just got a quote on it. And then you might say, you know, pet sitting services available in the Scottsdale area for whatever it might be. You're even like your specific target market. Yeah. For busy moms, you know, dog walking available for yeah. busy moms who can't walk their dog anymore. Beautiful. You know? Yeah. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Because. I think what happens, especially us women, moreover, because men tend to be just that more comfortable being kind of like aggressive with their marketing. <laughs> but we don't, and then us women are like, oh, I don't want to be salesy. Oh, I can't ask someone to be my client. Of course we can. <laughs> and, and it's totally okay to just like do what I do is kind of like reporting. So I might go like, oh, I'm really enjoying this, whatever it is, or I'm flying off to Austin. I'm about to go on stage. I'm speaking about Facebook marketing. Like even after 11 years, I'll still say that because new people are coming into my community and they see, oh, she's going to Austin. Oh, she's speaking. What does she speak about? They might not know. So I've got to put in there, you know, very specific and intentional about what I post. So that's creating original. So creating original could be your own content or it could be made from royalty free content. But then you also got curating. So you might subscribe to different blogs. You can repost on Instagram. You can share on Facebook. You can subscribe to all kinds of industry news. And maybe, you know, I was just talking to a company that does these chews for dogs to help with their breath. And so (laughs) maybe like dog gum health is your thing right now and you're going and you maybe you even can partner up with a company that has products and that kind of thing do product placement be an ambassador and you're just on this mission to educate people about having better dog breath right so it's like there's so many angles that you can take and it's a matter of being creative and kind of getting out of your own bubble and and looking for some groups to join you know and obviously in your own community here Bella follow Bella she's got the answers <laughs> <laughs> well thank you Mari I could talk to you forever and ever but I know you know right before you got on with me you as the expert were on with CNBC or CBS uh, NBC NBC I mean you are very sought after so I definitely don't want to take up too much of your time and I'm so honored that you came on this podcast. Mari, I want to give you the last words or how can people find you? Tell us where we can get your book. Yeah. So marismith.com is my website and facebook.com slash marismith. The only place I'm different is, is uh, Instagram. I'm mari underscore smith. Uh, Twitter at Mari Smith. And the new book coming out this year is going to be called My Famous Saying That I've Said for 10 Years Content is King, but Engagement is Queen. Yes. She Rules the House. It's all about engaging. <laughs> I love that title. It's so awesome. Mari Smith, thank you so much for being here on Bella in Your Business. You guys, if you loved this episode, which I know you did, I want you to find out where you found it. Go ahead and say thank you to Mari. I'll make sure that she gets it. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it out with all your friends. And when things get rough in life, Remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, 
Bella's got your shoot. 